Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Presentation from Learfield IMG College. And thanks for listening to University of Richmond Athletics. It's time to talk University of Richmond basketball. This is Spider Talk with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, 10466 Ridgefield Parkway in the West End. Tonight's show is brought to you by CarMax, Virginia Birth Father Registry, Glory Days Grill, and Lux Chevrolet. Spider Talk is on the air. Join in online by text at 804-638-9508. By email, spidertalk at richmond.edu or on Twitter using at ESPN Richmond or at Spider Voice. Francis fade away. Three was halfway down and out. How about Gilliard volleyballing it to Sherrod for the bucket? Nice, nice play. It's a play by Jake Gilliard. Two steps ahead of everybody. The rebounding machine, Jacob Gilliard, with five first-half rebounds. He'll get a rebound and an assist on that one. That's a really pretty play by Jake. He's playing some fantastic ball. Now live, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, and head coach, Chris Mooney. This is Spider Talk on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. And the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Well, there is a really good reason why we led with a Jacob Gilliard highlight tonight. First of all, he's been playing spectacularly. But secondly, because he was just several hours ago, once again named the Atlantic 10 Player of the Week already for the second time this season off of a terrific, nearly flawless week. In fact, I think you might make an argument that it was a flawless week for Jacob Gilliard, and we will certainly touch upon that during the course of Spider Talk with head coach Chris Mooney. Bob Black with you here at Glory Days on the West End. We thank you for joining us. We're here Monday nights during the college basketball season from 5.30 to 6.30. We'd love to have you join us. Another big crowd in the house tonight. We appreciate everybody coming out. You can catch us on Channel 3 on those tabletop speakers if you can't hear the big speaker adjacent to us here at the head table and of course we appreciate those of you tuning in as well on espn richmond and richmondspiders.com and espnrichmond.com as well be a part of the program if you'd like i've got a long list of questions already from folks who are here who brought them up to me before the show started tonight we'll also take some texts at 638-9508 and some emails at spidertalk at richmond.edu hi chris how are you good evening how are things doing well bob thanks couldn't Thank be much better much. right absolutely what a week for jacob gilliard first and foremost wasn't going to be my original question for you but just you know with all the assists and no turnovers and the rebounds that he's now got and floor leadership and the way he's shooting the basketball and leading the nation in steals wow what a what a week playing at a high high level uh, really really incredibly impressive and the play that you that you played where he had the offensive rebound the touch pass to nick was really an incredible play you know uh he stole the inbounds pass but they called, called time, time out, out yes and, uh, that would have been that would have been <laughs> interesting you know we're really trying to maximize our possessions at the end of the half and that would have been two two in the last <laughs> in the last four <laughs> seconds by <laughs> but yeah uh, he's been incredible and Certainly uh, well-earned honors from the Atlantic 10. You know, that's my the play that didn't happen on the timeout. That's my favorite play that I never see from Jacob Gilliard because every time he does that, I'm still writing down the um, basket that we just previously right. scored. I think he's probably done it, I don't know, I'm embellishing maybe, maybe not, 10 times already mm-hmm. in, his, in his Richmond career. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit for that. I don't think I've seen it live once yet. That's interesting. That's how quick he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should know better, right? right. After a basket, just way to make sure Gilliard doesn't steal the ball, <laughs> then go to my bookkeeping at that point. So congrats to Jake on uh, another Atlantic 10 Player of the Week, and congrats to you and the guys on another terrific week with the wins at Hampton, 80-63, to and then yesterday afternoon at the Robins Center, 75-57 over South Alabama. Alabama. Uh, what makes him even more impressive to me, Chris, and you can touch upon this, um, two convincing wins, double-figure wins, and in both games you do it with less than a full complement of players. Now, I know that's part of the game. It's part of college basketball, but kind of what are you seeing from your guys when you can go on the road, first true road game of the year at Hampton on Tuesday night, play without two starters, 
win convincingly, come back, get those two guys back on Sunday afternoon, but lose one of your significant reserves. Yeah, that was that was really, uh, you know, obviously it's nerve-wracking uh, for us, but uh, for the coaches. But, yeah, I, I believe, you know, for the BC game, missing Grant um, to, to the Hampton game, missing Grant and Nathan, uh, having a, you know, just a shorter bench and, and both guys in the front court. Um, you know, Grant is so incredibly valuable to us. Uh, everybody's valuable, but Grant's so valuable to us and unique to us in terms of how much he does and we throw him the ball and how much he speaks and talks and leads. Uh, and then, yeah, to come back and on uh, f- Friday's practice was probably the, the worst attended practice we've had since I've been here. We had Jake Wojcik was sick with a stomach virus. Um, Tyler Burton could, didn't practice. Connor Crabtree was out of town at a funeral. Uh, and then Grant and Nate both didn't practice. And that was, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was. I almost got to practice with the Yeah, exactly. You were up. Next man up. Next man up. I was ready, coach. <laughs> so that was, you know, again, that's just a little bit unnerving. You know, we want to make sure we show our guys that we're confident. We, we're going to follow the game plan as, as we would no matter what. Uh, but. But I was really proud of us. You know, I, I know Tyler, he actually started to feel a little bit better on game day, uh, but not nearly good enough to, to play. And I think he's been so good for us and has such an incredibly bright future uh, that to be able to go in and kind of control the game uh, like we did on, on Sunday was a really good sign for us. And uh, I thought we really played a good game and, you know, really took the took the uh, took the air out of their, their team, I thought. I, I thought our defense was – so consistent and solid, uh, and then our ball movement was so good that we really took the air out of, um, of South Alabama. In, in both games, not bad first halves for the Spiders, but really terrific second halves. I think 46 points in the second half in both games at Hampton on Tuesday and yesterday against South Alabama. What do you kind of attribute that to, to be able to play as well as you do in the second half? Not that the first halves have been bad. Yeah, well, I, I you know, I just feel like it's a comfort level of our team. You know, I think this is not always a positive, but we're very much a rhythm team, and that's how we practice. That's how we warm up. That's how we meet and and do everything. Uh, And so naturally teams try to get us out of our rhythm. And South Alabama, who's predominantly a man-to-man team who plays some zone, started the game in a zone and and played, you know, pretty much the first probably uh, 34 minutes in, in zone. And so that's disruptive to our rhythm. Uh, and so I think when, once we find that rhythm, then, then we're really good and teams are tr- going to always try to disrupt us. Uh, and then, but on defense, I feel like we're back to setting our own tone on defense. You know, uh, we pressed, we're, we're trying to speed up the game to a certain degree. Uh, we were able to really um, h- handle and absorb the things that they were trying to do on offense. You know, their first few possessions, this would only be something that, that we would really recognize. They kind of combined two or three plays in each part and went very quickly. We're on everything. Had some really solid defensive possessions. Really the whole game. I can't think of too many defensive possessions that weren't weren't good. Uh, and so I feel like on that end of the floor, the, the rhythm is not – that's not what we're after. We're not trying to – you know, because they're dictating a little bit of how they're playing. Uh, but on offense, I feel like when we find that rhythm, we're, we're, we, we start to click, and, and I think that's when we're at our best. In recent history, certainly the best ball movement, probing, and finishing against the zone defense that we've seen in the last several years. I know some of that is because you have terrific shooters, yeah. and eventually they can shoot over the zone. But I just thought you got so many open looks, whether it was in the paint or at the three-point line, because of the ball movement. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the, the ball movement was, was tremendous. You know, And, of course, again, that's something that we really stress. And we, you know, from the day... You get here, that's something that's, uh, you know, in your sense for the game, your ability to find the open man, your team play. And so that is, that's something that we're especially proud of. But, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. And uh, I thought we moved the ball well in the first half, and we had a couple of, uh, we had a couple of uh, you know, maybe sloppy turnovers at the end or uh, a layup or two blocked, a couple of layups that didn't fall for us. Uh, but in the second half it was, it was so crisp and uh, felt like we were just in control of the, of the entire uh, the entire second half. Twenty two assists on thirty field goals. I know that's one of your favorite stats. Isn't yeah, it? that's that's really that's really something. You know, and, and that doesn't always define. You know, for example, South Alabama had great offensive numbers coming in, but not necessarily assists or three pointers. They really got to the foul line a lot, which we we were we handled that pretty well. 
but for us, assists and you know, you know, a high number of assists, high percentage of assists, a low number of turnovers. Those are really important uh, numbers for us, and uh, you know, that was those are terrific. Those are really terrific. Uh, the final score of the Hampton game kind of answers this question, but the first true road test of the season, uh, how do you feel the guys handled all of that? And I think sometimes the ancillary things probably affect you and me more as experienced older people not playing the game than they do 18- to 22-year-old college kids who just go out and play the game. But it was kind of a, a unique, odd, kind of weird atmosphere at Hampton and the way the game unfolded down there. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was – well, it was different. You know, we were playing without Nate and right. uh, and without – and Grant, and they were playing without, uh, you know, their their leading scorer. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the someone was hammering the nails in on the, on the floor before the game. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and just – it's just well, – being on the road is different, and it seemed, you know, first time, and so things are uh, – accentuated you know john averett had kept reminding me of the last time uh when when coach wainwright was here and they went down to hampton i think lost the game by one um and so it was five on eight that night wasn't it john <laughs> i don't say that very often no you don't no you I, don't I, I not will, often enough I, <laughs> I will say that from that night uh it was five on eight and i said if we don't have a 10 point lead with a minute to go look out we're gonna be in trouble <laughs> so i had heard that and 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 uh you know again um it, it, we we played we we played pretty well the first half, but really terrific the second half, and um, was really proud of of how we same thing controlled the game, took care of the ball, uh, exerted pressure on defense at, at really key times, made it difficult for them to score, and uh, you know, you know again, th- luckily for us, you were in a position not to be on the road more than we're home in the in the off season or in the in the non non conference. Uh, and and so we've had some opportunities to get our feet wet, uh, and to go, but to any time you play on the road, it's just different, and uh, you know it's a different ball and a different lighting and different feel, and so that that was really positive for us. I know one guy who didn't care about any of that because he doesn't care anywhere, whether we're playing in the Robin Center or Barkley Center or anywhere. It doesn't hurt that Blake Francis got you twenty nine on Tuesday. For sure, you know Blake is. I mean, he's competitive, and uh, you know. <laughs> There always seems to be, you know, as we're coming to the huddle, somebody said something to someone, and Blake seems to be involved, you know. And <laughs> I said to him the other day, they picked on the wrong guy, you know. <laughs> the, uh, but you know, he's just very competitive, and you're right, he's that is his greatest of of many strengths. That's his greatest asset, his competitiveness and his fire. Because, uh, as I say, that doesn't take any nights off, and that always shows up for him, and really is impactful to our team. All right, let me do as I did um, last week, and we have our two special player guests with us this evening. So before we take the break and before they come up here, let me get you to comment on both of them, and then we'll get right into conversation with uh, Nick Sherrod, who probably comes about as close to the University of Richmond as anybody we've had from St. Chris. And then we've got Andre Gustafson, probably comes about as far as anybody could have come uh, to the University of Richmond from Finland. And just what those two guys have brought to this team so far this year, Nick, obviously the story well told of his return from the knee injury just how well he's playing particularly in the past couple of games and then Andre Gustafson the spark he's providing off of the bench Chris both offensively and defensively yes so Nick uh you know uh, um I mean it was I I was pretty emotional after the first game just how well he played and how in command of the of the moment he was and you know made shots of course but he's so calm and so you know, he's such a smart player and tough. I think he's had nine rebounds each of the last two games. Uh, and so I was emotional just because about three weeks before the season started, I started to tell people, I was like, you know, I, I think he's better than he's ever been. And, uh, and that, that's, pretty, that's pretty exceptional given, given how much he's accomplished. And so I was re- really, really, you know, emotional. I was emotional the night last year when he was, was hurt. And, and so – uh, and now, you know, we don't want to come to just expect it. And uh, But he, he's some kind of player. And, you know, he, he, he's one of the guys who has played every position for us. In the course of one game, he's played every <laughs> position for us. He helps us. You know, if the other team's pressing, he, he's a huge help for us. If the other team's playing his own, he's a huge help for us. If he guards, he's guarded guards and, you know, big guys. So he's done so much for us. And it's, it's just very – it's wonderful to see. And Andre – you know, Andre is incredibly valuable. I mean, he, he's an, a, a great, great athlete. 
Uh, he's a tremendous defensive player. I think that statistically his his the, the, the worst stat to judge him by is usually his scoring because he's not quite the scorer that I think he will be. Uh, but he does everything else so well and, and, and stuffs the stat sheet so well. So uh, I, I think, um, you know, the things that he can do and the plays that he can make are, are incredible, and he does them very consistently and very consistently. It's not uh, – he's a consistent – he has a consistent approach, and he's a consistent player and a consistent contributor. He stuffs the ball in the basket pretty well, too. That was well good. The, that uh, was good. Stat sheet. Is that play really in the playbook, or did uh, Gilliard and Gustafson kind of make that one up the alley-oop? So I, would, I hate when a coach would take credit for, uh, for a play that the players did. And so I won't because that, that, was, uh, that was on their own. So we, have, we, we do have uh, a couple of things with a lob, but that one was totally on their own and just out of the eye contact and – Great pass and a great finish by, by Andre. We will ask him about that in just a moment, plus much more with Nick Sherrod and Andre Gustafson, our special player guest. Join us after a timeout. Spider Talk from Glory Days on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Ah, the weekend. 48 hours of such pure freedom, we often start dreaming about it on Monday. You know who doesn't care about the weekend? Car dealers. They think nothing of tying up your weekend, haggling, shuffling paperwork, and upselling you on a car you can't afford. It doesn't have to be this way. At CarMax, you can shop for the car you want the way you want, in our stores or on your couch, with pickups in no time or delivery straight to your door in select markets. So when we say, have a good weekend, we really mean it. And that's the way it should be. CarMax. Happy Holiday Spiders fans! Celebrate by cheering on your Richmond Spiders as they battle Charleston, Saturday, December 14th. Tip off at 5 p.m. Bring the family for holiday happenings, including free ugly holiday t-shirts for the first 1,000 fans from Serenity Tires. A photo booth in the family fun zone. Pictures with Santa and halftime entertainment by famous Josh the Juggler. It's also a Buffalo Wild Wings Spiderlings Kids Club game. Tickets are going fast. Call 1-877-SPIDER-1 or visit richmondspiders.com. It's a holiday tradition with more than one million lights, creating magic in the air. Dominion Energy Garden Festive Lights at Lewis Ginter Botanical Garden, nightly through January 6th. Get tickets now at lewisginter.org. The personal injury law firm of Allen & Allen will be awarding 15 $2,000 scholarships to high school seniors in 2020. To learn more, visit allenandallen.com backslash scholarship. Allen & Allen, supporting our community. What's up, everybody? This is Curtis Blow inviting you to the Hip Hop Nutcracker, a holiday mashup for the whole family. This reimagined Nutcracker features explosive hip hop choreography, stunning digital scenery, an electric violinist, and a live DJ and me. I'll be performing some of my hits and emceeing for the precious holiday tradition around. The Hip Hop Nutcracker is right around the corner, y'all. Be there. December 26th at the Altria Theater. Buy now at the box office or altriatheater.com. Weekdays. You're never more than 30 minutes from a Richmond Sports Center update. Stay updated here. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. The timeout's over. Time to talk more Richmond basketball. This is Spider Talk with Coach Chris Mooney from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center and live on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. This is the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Gustafson with the two-hand finish. That's what I'm talking about. Going down. The Goose. Again against the South Alabama zone. It's an alley-oop. Gustafson from Gilliard. There's the exclamation point finish on this one. The Goose in double figures with 10 on Gilliard's seventh assist of the day. There it is. Gilly to the goose. <laughs> and the uh, chant of goose echoed all through not only the Robin Center yesterday, but glory days tonight. That was well done, people, as you heard that highlight from yesterday's game on the Andre Gustafson alley-oop from Jacob Gilliard towards the end of the game last night and the Spiders' convincing win over South Alabama. And with that, we welcome Andre Gustafson and Nick Sherrod, our special player guests, to Spider Talk. So, Goose, I'm going to start right there. Coach Mooney says that was between you and Jacob Gilliard. Tell us about that play, and was it between you and Gilly? It was between him and me. I was, like, just thinking about it, then he just gave it. 
looked at me, I went, he threw it up. <laughs> this happened. Have you guys practiced that much at all? Never? Some? We, we have, like, a couple of plays that with the lob, but that wasn't, like, I haven't practiced it. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you threw one down like that? Probably in high school. <laughs> How exciting. What? what? When's the last time he did it? In my dreams. <laughs> in your dreams. Yeah, well, you do a lot of other things. That's for sure. Um, Andre, talk a, a little bit. The dunks were, were great, but just talk a little bit about what you're doing coming off of the bench to provide that kind of spark that we were just talking about, both offensively and defensively, what you're kind of feeling your role is right now with this team. Uh, I'm just trying to bring energy off the bench, just doing whatever I can on defense, whatever it is, and just on offense, just be the best offensive player I can be. How much are you kind of studying that game before you get tapped on the shoulder to get in there? Are you kind of understanding a flow to the game and where you might fit in, or is it just I'm in, I'm going to go provide energy? Like the last one, like I'm just trying to go in. But, like, I, I like getting started on defense first. And just get it started from there. Defense starts your offense. Yeah. Not, not a bad way to go at all. Um, Nick, from your perspective, what expectations did you have coming back from, from the knee injury? I mean, we've well documented the first game and how nervous you were to play and how well you did. But now that you're, you know, nine games into this, what type of expectations did you have coming back? Um, I didn't really have much expectations. I didn't really know uh, – how my body was going to react, uh, what the team needed me to do necessarily when I got back. Um, I didn't really want to put too much pressure on myself in terms of like a, a specific role or playing time, but um, pretty much as soon as I got healthy and could start playing again, my teammates and uh, Coach Mooney and the rest of the staff, they really did a great job giving me confidence that I could come back and uh, play a significant role in the team and that I could help them out. And um, I'm just trying to do what I can. I don't want to put any expectations on myself in terms of I want to score this amount of points or rebound this way. I just want to go out there and try to uh, be as energetic as possible and try to just go out there and appreciate every game and feel like so far it's going well. That said, Coach said in our last segment, thinks you're probably playing your best basketball of your career. How do you feel about that, considering that you had so much time off because of the injury? Um, yeah, I feel good. I mean, I worked, re- I worked very, very hard, um, especially um, in July and August, to make sure that you know my body was going to be ready. I didn't want uh, you know, my knee wasn't 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 going to be healthy, or if it wasn't going to be 100%. I wanted that to be the reason that I wasn't going to play well. I didn't want to be wanted it to be because uh, basketball-wise, I had lost a step or anything like that. So I really focused and made sure that when it was time for me to go out there and play again, I'll be ready. Um, and like I said, it's going it's going well so far. But it's obviously a long season, um, but I'm excited about how things have gone so far. Uh, when you went out last year, the guys had to adjust to playing without Nick Sherrod, and it was for the rest of the season. How about how you guys adjusted playing short term? without Grant Golden for a couple games and Nathan Kale for a game, Tyler Burton for a game. What's that adjustment been like for both of you guys on the court without those guys? Nick? Um, I think that, you know, anytime you lose, especially uh, Grant, when he went when he went down first, you lose a player of Grant's caliber. Um, he's going to be probably one of the greatest players to ever play here. So uh, everybody has to step up and everybody has to fill in. And then um, Nate went down uh, the next game, I believe, and, it was a good opportunity for Tyler and those guys to get a lot more minutes. So I think that as the season goes on, we're going to look back at those experiences um, and other times of adversity when we need guys to step up and we know we can do it. We know that we can win games when other guys aren't healthy, aren't playing as well. So I think that's definitely positive. Andre, how about from your perspective? Obviously, it moves everybody up on that bench a little bit when those guys aren't there. How did you kind of approach knowing you were going to be playing and there was going to be no Grant and there was going to be no Nate for one game and, and no Tyler yesterday? I feel like I feel the same way as Nick, like, Everybody has to step down, step up. Like, every, like everybody has to be ready to do whatever they have to do. Like whatever is missing because of Grant or Nick. Chris, is that a conversation that coaches have with players, particularly the guys who are coming off of the bench and guys who are filling, quote unquote, filling those roles of the guys who are absent? Well, I, you know, one, I, I think we try not to make a, try not to get too high or low, or try not to make too big a deal about anything, uh, and and it's just. You know, you have to deal with those situations as they come. Uh, and, and we certainly don't make a great deal of changes in terms of how we're going to play uh, based on based on who's out there, you know, any any particular time. Um, so so I would just say I think you can just sense an older team now and the guys have a really good sense of what's going on. And But also you don't have the sense that, you know, Nick's taking the first 
as many shots as he can because Grant's not there. You know, it's more of a, an understanding that it's a long game that during the course of the game we're going to have to make up for the loss of Nate or Nick or, I mean, Nate or Grant or Tyler. So there's just so much more poise and so much more confidence uh, that these guys can draw upon that, that makes those things. There's still there's, it's adversity, but they make, it makes those things able for us to deal with. As you were making that answer, I was just thinking about this and looking at these guys um, and how different they were a year ago. For Andre, he probably played more and started more than should be expected of a freshman. And then there's Nick, who didn't play as much as we were certainly expecting him to play. And I want to get kind of their perspective on what that's meant to them this year. But I'm going to ask you that first, particularly in Andre's case, kind of force-fed him a little bit as a freshman uh, last season and how maybe it's paying dividends for him this year. Well, any experience is incredibly valuable, but it, it comes at a cost. Usually, comes at a cost to the to the current team, you know. And so, um, you know, you 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 can only get better if you ex- if you experience the game in live action, if you experience making a mistake, playing through that mistake, doing better the next time, and all those things. But there are going to be many more mistakes when you're young, and uh, that's just the, that's just the nature of it. And especially, guy, if you play at this level and you can play here. You've probably had very good high school career or international career in Andre's case, so that you might you might have struggled earlier, but you certainly don't remember it because your most recent basketball competitions have been you know really positive. Mm-hmm. So that part's hard too, and so it's just a matter of sticking with it and not be getting so frustrated, not feeling overwhelmed. Uh, and that's what I would say about Nick. I mean, I I think in sports today, and Nick knows sports uh, better than anybody on our team. Actually, by far, that's not even a good comparison, but he knows just sports and what's going on in the sports world is how soft-spoken and humble he is, but he works so hard. You know, so he didn't uh, tweet about coming back or, or you know, any, any, any kind of Twitter emojis. You know, he just worked at coming back, and I think that's something that's incredibly valuable. Uh, you know, I hope it's a, a Richmond thing, uh, but I know it's a Nick Sherrod thing. I mean, he just – you know, he, he was at he was going to be at peace with it because of how hard he worked, and that was going to be the most important thing, not if he talked about it or or, or tweeted about it or uh, pumped his chest about it. He, he he really he worked at it. Andre, having said all that, what did you learn from your experience last year as a freshman and the amount of time that you got and mistakes that you made, and how different do you feel in your sophomore season than you did as a freshman? I learned a lot. <laughs> Detail some of that for us. <laughs> like, I learned how to, like, approach every game because, like, that was different for me from, like, international games. Just, like, how everything works. Just, like, the experience on the court was, like, easier for me this year because I know how it works. There's, like, no the, no confusion at start. It's, like, I'm just playing now. Were there moments that you were frustrated because of that last year or was it all pretty positive and you understood the learning experience you were going through? I think, like, there was a lot of struggles, but I, like, I just wore, like, I didn't pay attention to it because I knew it was, like, it's got to be hard. Like, it's just got to work. Paying off now, that's for sure. Nick, just the opposite. You were able to watch the game last year from a totally different perspective, not one that you obviously wanted to watch it from, but what did you learn from your perspective last year of, you know, being away from being on the floor? I think you just uh, gain a greater appreciation for the opportunity that you have think that uh every day you come out and you get to do things like this and then you go to your locker room there's a bunch of gear and all that stuff but you don't realize like that it can be taken away pretty quickly and that you know one moment you're making it through in front of a sold out crowd cheering your name next moment you're sitting on the bench um at the last game of the eighth tournament and you couldn't do anything to help so i think that i've gained such a great appreciation for just the opportunity that i've had i think i have a new perspective about college basketball and what it's meant to me and so I, when I go out and play, like, I really am just thankful that I get to come out and play again. I try to show that with my play. But, you know, again, just when you set out for that amount of time, and I've, I've been playing basketball since I was three years old. So you get a, you, you sometimes can take it for granted. Um, so hopefully I never do that again. But, you know, I just want to – I just play as hard as I can all the time because, again, you know, you can – I've made a move that I've made a million times, and next thing you know I'm done for the next nine months. So mm-hmm. it can go – it can be taken pretty quickly. Be honest here. Did you take the opportunity because you didn't have to focus on each game necessarily because you weren't playing? Did you take the opportunity to kind of in your mind peek ahead to what this year 
could look like when you looked out on the court and there was Grant and there was Gilly and you knew that Blake Francis was coming and Nate was there and, and kind of take a look last year at what this year could be like? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that uh, sometimes people, when they talk about coming in the season, when we talk about this team, they talk a lot about next year. I always told people we could be really good this year. Uh, we have a chance to be really good this year. All the guys that are going to be there next year will be here this year as well. Um, I saw how hard Blake was working in practice, how good Jacob and Grant obviously are. Uh, Andre and Jake and Nate, the experience that they were gaining, and then Tyler, I knew how good he was going to be coming in. So I knew we were going to have a pretty good team, and um, I was really excited on the bench. I knew that we were going to, all the struggles that we had been through the past couple of years, they were going to pay off, and uh, it's only nine games, but so far it's been pretty good. Yeah, did that help you at all in going through everything you went through that you wanted to be a part of what you thought could be pretty special? Yeah, absolutely. I remember telling uh, Coach Guype that, man, I wish I had two years with, with Blake because I knew how special that group could be. Um, obviously, the way that I got the extra year wasn't ideal, but, um, you know, it happened and it happened for a reason, so hopefully that, that pays off. Turn it into a positive. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. We're right at the top of the hour. We'll come back and we'll talk about the start for the Spiders and what these guys are feeling and what they think is coming up ahead as the Spiders uh, get into the next portion of this schedule with the exam break this week and then back at it Saturday against Charleston. Back at it with Nick Sherrod, Andre Gustafson, Coach Moody in just a moment from Glory Days, Spider Talk, 99.5, 102.7 FM, 9.50 AM, ESPN. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Visit Glory Days Grill on the West End at Glen Eagles Shopping Center or on the South Side at Harborside Loop. Monday features a $5.99 burger night. Enjoy two tacos on Tuesday for $5.99. Come in for Rib Wednesday at $10.99. Nacho Thursday is a half order of nachos for $5.99. And don't forget Fish Fry Friday at $9.99. Glen Eagles is also featuring the men's basketball spider sports line with head coach Chris Mooney and player guests Mondays at 5.30 during the season. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. For all things spiders, whether you're online, on your phone, or just on the go, it's richmondspiders.com. Scores, stats, standings, it's richmondspiders.com. Video highlights, audio play-by-play, and online ticketing for football and men's basketball, it's richmondspiders.com. Plus, exclusive content you won't get anywhere else, like the Spider Insight Podcast, Spider Voices, and game day info for Robin Stadium and the Robin Center. It's your home for your favorite team. It's richmondspiders.com. Got a sports opinion you just can't wait to share? Call the ESPN Richmond voicemail anytime. 638-9508. Leave us a message with your thoughts, and we'll play them back on Black and Drew. 804-638-9508. From the G Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond. WTPS Petersburg. Let's get back to Glory Days Grill and the Glen Eagle Shopping Center for more of Spider Talk. Once again, here's Bob Black with Coach Chris Mooney, live on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Back to Sherrod, wide open, right side, boom, from about 25 feet out. He's almost on that Dick Tarrant court logo when he let that one go. Robertson says... Net didn't move. It just went right through the hoop, and what a shot that was. Back on Spider Talk, 99.5-1027 ESPN, 9.50 on the AM dial, richmondspiders.com, ESPNRichmond.com. You can hear us all of those ways, and we'd love to have you come out here to Glory Days and join us. Great crowds the first two weeks. We will be here next Monday night. Uh, Aaron Roussel is going to join us as part of the program next week as well. Spider women's basketball coach will be here. They're off to a good start also, despite a tough one-point loss at the Robin Center yesterday, uh, really playing well. So Coach Roussel will be here as part of the program next week with us as well, and then we'll take our holiday break for a couple weeks, then we'll be back in January here at Glory Days. Andre Gustafson, Nick Sherrod, our special player guest. Uh, the play-by-play highlight was one of Nick's threes from yesterday, um, knocking him down at a great rate, Nick, you and the rest of the team. Um, how much different – this may sound like an obvious question. How much different does it feel when the ball movement is as good as it is and you find yourself open? I mean, I guess naturally it makes it an easier shot, but it just seemed like you guys, when you step into a shot, are so much more confident because the ball had moved so crisply. How would you describe that? Um, yeah, no, it feels great. Uh, me and um, Jacob were talking about it yesterday at the, at the women's game just about how we're getting a lot of free looks. Um, the ball's moving well. Um, and guys are shooting with confidence. I think that's the most important thing. I think, like you said, when the ball moves uh, so crisply and everybody feels like they're getting a touch, 
Um, guys know that if they give it up, they can get it back, and guys are willing to share with each other, and we're getting really good looks. So I think uh, we can keep shooting the way we can if we keep shooting the ball that way. How far along has the zone offense, for lack of a better term, come for you guys that you were able to do as well as you did against it yesterday? I mean, the past couple of years, no secret, it's been a little bit of a struggle against the zone defense, but, boy, it sure looked good yesterday. Yeah, um, it definitely helps when guys can make shots and make shots at a pretty um, high clip. But I think we just have a, a lot of guys who feel comfortable with the ball in their hands. Um, you saw there was a couple of sessions yesterday when all five guys touched the ball and it was just zipping around. Um, so anytime that happens, the zone is going to be hard for the zone to cover all those spaces, and we were just finding open guys. Uh, guys are hitting threes. Jerry was cutting in for layups. Guys were just uh, – everybody felt good out there. Everybody was comfortable. Not only cutting in for layups, but dunks. Not only the alley-oop dunk, but you had the other one. What did you see on that one? Because you found a wide opening in their defense to get to the rim on the, on the one that you kind of had the dribble drive and the dunk, Andre. Um. I just saw Blake driving. I was in the corner. I knew, like, he was driving so the center would be open. I just took off from there. How much better does it look, Chris, when you see him do that and finish with an authoritative dunk like that? So he's uh, an incredible athlete, yes. right? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's at least twice a practice where somebody's cutting or moving, and I see it out of the corner of my eye, and it's just how he, do, he does it so uh, smoothly, you know. There's obviously power in his in his legs, but it, it, he reacts to it so smoothly. Some guys uh, might be two at this table. They get stuck a little bit in the hardwood, you know what I mean, if you make a hard cut. But he can just do it so smoothly and quickly. And I think guys, you know, I think dunking's probably more uh, important in America. And so uh, I think other guys are on him about dunking more. Uh, and he's had some opportunities that, that he either lays it in or, or – you know, or it doesn't convert whatever dunk wise. So I think that was it was great because he's capable of it. And uh, I, you know, I've, I've I've dreamt many nights of being able to do something like that. To be honest with you, Nick, have you dreamt many nights about being able to do something like that too? <laughs> oh my goodness, I was a kid. <laughs> and I've told this story over and over again. But when we were in Florida last year for the tournament, and we finished up shoot around the first day, and guys were just messing around a little bit, Andre took the ball and literally took off from the foul line, put it between his legs, and dunked it a la Michael Jordan. And I'm like, where will that be in a game <laughs> one of these days? Right. Well, that's not going to be in a game, but what we saw yesterday yeah. is going to be in a game, right? For sure, for sure. And I, and I think there's, you know, there's a mentality to dunking, and uh, I th I've heard <laughs> there's a mentality to dunking. And so uh, I think as you develop that more and it becomes more important to you, uh, I think we'll see even more of that. Coach made a good point, though, Andre. You've played a lot of international ball back in your homeland in Finland and the summertime tournaments and all of that. Now that you've been doing the American game for a couple of years now, how are the differences between the two, and how comfortable do you feel playing the American style of basketball, to include dunking? <laughs> I don't know where to start. Like, for me now, it like it's just simply like almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like the rules might be different. The three-point line was last year a little different. Now it's the same. Like, it's still basketball. Like, and, like, our offense is just so similar to European basketball. So, it, like, doesn't really make a difference to me that much. Mm -hmm. Hey, how was your summer experience this year? I know you played again overseas. Oh, it was great. Like, a great opportunity. I was, like, really grateful for a chance to be, like, with the university games and then being able to make my debut in the men's national team how'd the teams do could do better he's underselling it they did well in the university games and then he uh played and started started a game or two games for the for the men's national team that's uh that's a really really big deal yeah and as a matter of fact the national team coach from finland was here over the weekend just to come over and and make sure andre's doing okay and so he's extremely high thought of, extremely highly thought of here and in Finland. It was enjoyable to talk to him, by the way. I was able to spend a, a oh, couple yeah. of minutes while he was watching practice. And the other thing I noticed was our assistant coaches went over to him yeah. after practices and kind of picked his brain a little bit. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he's a brilliant guy and, and an outstanding coach and a, a, a great guy and obviously really cares very much about Andre. All right, this is my night for dumb questions. Not that every night isn't my night for dumb <laughs> questions. But, Nick, how has that moving of the three-point line back affected you? I, I don't think very much considering you shot one yesterday from the Dick Tarrant Court logo that swished home. But, but did you have to, you know, get adapted to it at all, or was it pretty natural for the way you were shooting the ball anyway? 
Um, it was pretty natural for me. I've been begging Coach to let me shoot for a little bit deeper since I got here. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, like Coach said a lot during the offseason, good shooters aren't going to have a, a problem with that. Um, I think maybe sometimes when the catch are a little bit farther than you think you are, um, that's an adjustment. But I think uh, for the most part, uh, where I feel like it shows up is after you take one dribble from the three-point line, you're not that close. Um, some of your drives mean you take one extra step, one extra dribble. But I think just from the catch-and-shoot uh, standpoint, um, when you're catching it anyway, if you're a good shooter, you're probably not that close to the line anyways. Most time, you're not towing the line. So I don't think that it was that much of a difference. I just think just getting adjusted to the spacing on the floor and um, where the offense was starting, where the defense was on, was at certain parts of the game, that's the biggest adjustment. But at least I think from the three-point shooting perspective, that was probably a little bit overblown because good shooters probably aren't shooting that close to the line anyways. I think what you said is something that Gilly said when he was here last week also is that it opens up inside the arc, and it also means when you take that first dribble from the line, you're a little bit further away, and maybe that's the case for you a little bit more, Andre. Is it? Have you noticed it's a little bit different, not necessarily shooting the three-pointer, but starting your drive from a little further out? Yes, no, yeah, maybe. It feels like there's a little more space this year than last year. Uh, yeah, that's it. And that was the whole point of the, the move back, really. Was I mean, I know to make it a little more difficult, but also to open up inside the three-point Yeah, exactly. I think they, you know, uh, really the rules over the course of the last, um, I think they change rules every two years or that it's uh, they're allowed to change or they meet and implement rule changes every two years. And so over the last six years, five or six years, all of the rules have been about freedom of movement and opening the game up. And to me, that's really positive. You know, obviously that's how – that's how we really try to play, but I think that's that's more interesting and exciting for fans to see, you know, to see the skill level and the ability to make shots of guys rather than the holding and grabbing that, uh, you know, was started to become more and more prevalent. All right, last two thoughts for these guys. We'll let them go grab dinner here at Glory Days as well. First and foremost this week, how are the final exams coming along, fellas? I know Coach mentioned it to you during the break to make sure everything was good. How's the uh, academic life right now? Um, it's it's a good start. Um, <laughs> finals are finals. They're always going to be a stressful time. Um, but uh, for me, I can see the light of the tunnel. So uh, it gives me a little bit more motivation to not just completely give up and mail it in at this point. But um, yeah, I had one today and it went pretty well. So just got a couple more moving forward and then uh, we're at winter break. So that's another thing that I'm looking forward to as well. Same deal, Andre. How different is it on the academic and just life on campus front for you in year two than year one? And how are the finals going so far? Uh, feels the same. It's started easier this year because I didn't have to adapt to English that much. <laughs> already done it last year. So, so have uh, you had finals already? Yeah, I had today? two today. Two today? Yeah. All right. Well, then you deserve a nice meal tonight. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. You still got more to go then, obviously. Yeah, I got like two. Two more this, this week, week yeah. and then it's all basketball yeah. for a few weeks. All right, real quick, guys, the start of the season, what's your critique of where we are right now? Eight and one, obviously a lot of positives. Um, what are you thinking through the first nine games, and, and what are you looking at as we move ahead, beginning with Charleston on Saturday? Nick? Um, I think the season's going well. Uh, in the past couple of games, we got off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, but when I was making um, goals for myself and for the team, I think one of them was um, after Barclays to win the first three um, after that, and then I'm going to exams. So obviously we did that, and Charleston's going to be a, a big challenge. Um, they, have, they have some good players, and they're obviously a proud program. So definitely looking forward to accepting that challenge and um, definitely excited to see how we respond, especially after exams and all that stuff, to see where our, our focus is mentally. Andre, thoughts on the 8-1 and one start for you guys? Feels good. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Feels good. Go eat, fellas. Thanks for being here. We'll have you back before this year's over, I'm sure. The Goose. Goose. Andre Gustafson and Nick Sherrod. All right, fellas. Thanks for being with us. We'll come back with some uh, questions from the audience for head coach Chris Moody. Coming up as Spider Talk continues, 99.5-1027 ESPN. Do you suspect that a woman could be pregnant with your child right now? If you aren't married to the child's mother, your rights as a father could be at risk. By registering with the Virginia Birth Father Registry before or within 10 days of your child's birth, you can help prevent your future child from being adopted without your knowledge, or you can explore options to co-parent or assume sole custody. For more information, visit vabirthfatherregistry.com. That's vabirthfatherregistry.com. 
You know their names. You know their uniform numbers. You probably even know their stats. Now get to know them. Richmond student-athletes tell their remarkable stories in their own words. It's Spider Voices. Check it out at richmondspiders.com and on Spider's social media. Buy your next SUV from Luck. Did you know that there are six different SUVs to choose from at Luck Chevrolet? From the economical tracks to the people-hauling Suburban, Luck has an SUV to fit your needs, including the return of the all-new Blazer with six different trim levels for true personalization. See all the models online at LuxChevrolet.com. Call 798-9261 for details. Then go to Lux Chevrolet for a test drive. Lux Chevrolet since 1916. Happy Holiday Spiders fans! Celebrate by cheering on your Richmond Spiders as they battle Charleston, Saturday, December 14th. Tip off at 5 p.m. Bring the family for holiday happenings, including free ugly holiday t-shirts for the first 1,000 fans from Serenity Tires. A photo booth in the family fun zone, pictures with Santa, and halftime entertainment by famous Josh the Juggler. It's also a Buffalo Wild Wings Spiderlings Kids Club game. Tickets are going fast. Call 1-877-SPIDER-1 or visit richmondspiders.com. This is Dan Levitard. Catch me and Stugatz every weekday from 10 to 1, now on your FM dial at 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. This is Spider Talk with head basketball coach Chris Mooney, live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. All right, back at Glory Days Grill, uh, Richmond's West End. Bob Black with head coach Chris Moody. Again, thanks to uh, Nick and Andre for being our special player guests with us tonight. And, again, we're here again next Monday, and then we take a couple weeks off for the holiday break. Spiders are home Saturday afternoon, 5 o'clock, against College of Charleston. That's on NBC Sports Network nationally and ESPN Radio and our Spider Sports Network as well. All right, some questions from the audience. And, again, if you're listening and have questions, text us or email us, and we'll be glad to get them on as well. We were talking about the Andre Gustafson dunks, uh, Chris, which obviously ignite the team, ignite the fans. Uh, did have a question from someone in the audience today about the uh, differentiation between practicing the finesse layups that we like to run and the drills and the layups and the spin off the glass as opposed to when is the right time to dunk the ball and how you kind of coach both of those that's a great question so um well we we really practice layups a lot and so we practice we kind of differentiate between two foot layups and one foot layups and a two a one foot layup of course you jump off one foot so you catch it in stride and probably means you're free to the basket or you have an advantage where you can get the layup up a two foot layup is more when there's somebody between you and the basket or you know uh, as you're driving is riding on your on your arm so those are the layups we, re- we really distinguish uh, a lot. And I, there's a lot of two-foot layups are much more popular in, in college basketball. Some teams, Wisconsin, for example, exclusively shoots two-foot layups. Uh, we like to do both. And partly, you know, we get more cuts and, and free, free layups at the basket, so we practice that a lot. <clears throat> we always practice finishing on both sides with, with either hand. Um, as far as dunking goes, I, I would say that, trying to if if you can dunk it's almost always the right play hmm. uh if, if you can dunk that particular time it's almost always the right play <clears throat> you know the, the nba kind of spoils you in that those guys actually can dunk many of the times they drive uh but it's really hard even for a great jumper to finish with a dunk in a half court offense you know when when there's defense and there are guys around you know you've put so much force and emphasis into your drive it's hard to have so much left to go up and dunk the ball without gathering yourself. So, uh, but still, if you can dunk the ball, Andre had a drive again. Now that he's gone, he had a drive against Hampton uh, that he flicked the ball up mm-hmm. and missed. And the defender was in the semicircle, in the what we call the charge circle now yeah. under the basket. So his feet were in there, and Andre could have gone up and dunked because he, he, he can't really defend you anymore. He can just jump straight up. And Andre should have gone up and tried to dunk the ball because he's now – he, he, the, the defender's so defenseless in a way, and he kind of tried to flip the ball up. And uh, and so I just think if, if if you can dunk a particular drive, you should try to dunk it. And and uh, you also, it seems to me, like at the end of the Vanderbilt game, Andre dunked the breakaway or attempted to dunk the breakaway. 
it seems to me that there is much more likely of a foul being called if somebody attempts a dunk than if they try to lay the ball up. I thought yesterday Nate had a breakaway layup, a three-on-one, Blake threw him the ball. The ball was blocked. There seemed to be a lot of contact. I feel like if Nate's ankle was stronger and he tried to dunk the ball, I feel like maybe he would have dunked it, but also maybe he would have drawn the whistle. So trying to dunk, I think, is is almost always the better option, if you can. Now, if you're me, then you don't try to dunk. <laughs> well, I really Dribble back out and shoot a three. <laughs> I really thought Gilly was going to dunk it yesterday on the steal. You know, I thought, I, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I think if Which you're, one? You know? Yeah, right. Any of them. They had breakaway. He could have dunked it. Why didn't right. you dunk it? He's no good. Yeah. Uh, but if you're Nathan K.O. or you're Tyler Burton or you're Andre Gustafson, get Go up over it. that rim and Go flush it, it home. Yeah. Huh? All right. Uh, more fundamental question. Um, why is the free throw shooting so much better right now for the Spiders and particularly Nathan K.O. and Grant Golden? Well, they've, they've worked really hard at it. I would say that our, our – you know, most of our offensive numbers are, are really are, are really very good, and they were and they were last year. In, in fairness, uh, we, we haven't attempted that many free throws. Hmm. Um, you know, and and so now yesterday is going to be different because his own. Uh, you know, it's you're not you're likely statistically not going to get to the free throw line as much. But I think we've only made about ten per game. South Alabama, on the other hand, was attempting was making seventeen yeah. per game. So, um, so I, I'd like to see us get there more. But I think they've really worked hard at it. They've really, really worked hard at it. Um, older, more experienced, uh, you know, greater understanding that that's part of their games and how much time to put into it. Uh, and I, that, those are the reasons I would probably give. All right. Again, great questions. All these coming from the audience here at Glory Days. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the Spider offensive inbound plays and what guys are looking for, particularly under the basket, yeah. that sometimes it seems like maybe there's a guy open that a quick pass could get to him. Yeah. But what are you guys actually looking for on inbounds plays? So, we, you know, traditionally we've been, we've been pretty good at, at scoring on inbounds plays. And uh, T.J. Klein is, among other things, the greatest inbound scorer that I that I can ever imagine even seeing his quick release, he's an incredible slipper. You know, slipping means you don't set the screen, but you slip to the basket. And he was a terrible screener, which made him a great slipper. Uh, and so, but and then he could always catch the ball and lay it in. Trey Davis was probably our best inbounder. Uh, Trey or Ryan Butler. <clears throat> and I think we've had those windows or those opportunities um, that we really haven't tried enough. Now, I will say this in defense of the guys, turning the ball over on an end line out of bounds play is really a, a, a cardinal sin. It's going to get your seat next to you guys in the suits. Huh? Yeah, so it's, a, it's really a tough – it's a bit of a tough position to be in because we really have these opportunities and plays we think are open. But if you turn those over, that re, you really draw – you draw a lot of eyes. And so I can understand. So hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get through that and – Get a, capitalize a little bit more on those opportunities as, as we have in the past. Uh, but the more experience your guys get, probably the more daring they would become. I think I so. Think. I think so, yeah. I mean, you I mentioned hope so. Trey Davis and T.J. Klein. By the time they were seniors. Yeah, Trey must have had 70 yeah. assists this one. Right. Yeah, I mean. Right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, one more. Uh, and you really haven't touched on this. We haven't touched on it very much. And you can speak to it to whatever degree you'd like. Thomas Verbinskis uh, leaving the program, going to the transfer portal. Uh, what plans do you have for that open scholarship was actually the question. But right. any other comment you'd like to make on that? Well, sure. You know, one, we're, we're really trying to help Thomas to, to find um, a good place. You know, it, it's trickier at semester uh, for a number of reasons, NCAA rule-wise, admissions-wise. Uh, but we, we want to try to help him find a place where he, he thinks he can play and compete. And and, uh, and as far as the scholarship, I don't know. You know, we, 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 uh, we're not in a rush because there aren't, you know, as the portal will be crammed by, by the spring. But right now it's not like there are a lot of guys there. And in and, and basketball it's rare to skip your spring semester of a senior like, it, like it's pretty common in football. So, uh, you know, I, I think we'll just kind of see in the spring uh, what happens. I, I think ideally we would get uh, – we would try to sign uh, a big guy who could – maybe a transfer who would sit out while, uh, while Grant was a senior. Uh, and I, I, don't know if, I don't know if specifically that'll happen, but maybe that would be something that, that could, uh, could work out both ways because, you know, it would be hard to supplant Grant and then uh, you'd have somebody ready to go the, the following season. And is that a situation where if you did come across somebody now 
they would be then eligible at mid-semester next year, or do you not want to go that route? Yeah, well, it would depend on who, who it was, but I would say we probably uh, – I just I, – I would see that as being really unusual. Um, not that we wouldn't or would rule anything out, and, and the landscape is so different now, uh, um, but I would say that it, that would be unusual, and it's not – it's not something we anticipate happening. All right. Really good questions uh, from our audience. Keep them coming or email them to us or text them to us. We'll be glad to get them out there as well. And then just one more that I got on a piece of paper that I've been meaning to do for the last couple of weeks. One of our super fans, Bill Street. You have not seen him around a little bit lately. Uh, he had an injury, John Moreau, correct? Broken leg. Um, so he has not been at games or at our talk shows, either at the end of football season or basketball season. No, he's at a lot of our practices as well, Chris, and certainly want to pass along our best to him and hope that we get him back at the Robbins Center soon. We, right? we miss Bill, and uh, he's usually at the Robbins Center about three times a week, so we miss seeing him and, and hope that he's doing great. And not only for the men's practices, but he supports he's the women's a, program. And he's yes. The women's practices and the games as well, so we need to get him back um, as well. All right, what, uh, what's the itinerary this week? We know what the guys are doing. How about what the coaching staff is doing and how you'll get them back into practice and getting ready for Charleston on Saturday? Yeah. So the three assistants and myself are doing some recruiting. Uh, We'll have off today and tomorrow. Uh, Then we'll come back in, and we have to really plug in where we can get the guys together. There are three times that they have finals, I think 9 to 12, 2 to 5, and 7 to 10. That sounds like fun. (laughs) Uh, You didn't have that at Princeton? I don't know what we had. Um, But, you know, so – so we're trying to we're, – we're making sure that we have all the information so we can plug in those times to make sure the guys get together. But it's a challenge uh, that, that every school goes through, and obviously this is our time. Uh, but hopefully we can maximize it and, and get the guys together enough that we can play well coming out of them. When you go recruiting at this time of year, are you going to see guys that are already pretty much in the fold or that you already have a relationship with? Or are you starting to build new relationships? And does having the success that we're having help open some of those doors? Sure, it certainly does. Uh, but we're, we're, when I go to see a guy, it's generally a guy we've, we've been involved with for a while and, and uh, have a relationship set up with. So I'll try to see a couple of guys up in the Northeast. Uh, and then uh, the, the assistants, they're probably doing both, guys that we've built a relationship with and also trying to discover new guys or, or see a guy play with his high school team instead of just his AAU team. Uh, not only would we have injuries to Grant Golden and Nathan Ko and, and Tyler Burton, but you had one assistant coach who I saw sitting up in the stands during practice the other day, and Steve Thomas. I was like, were you a bad boy, Steve? Yeah. Did you get sent to timeout? What, what were you doing up there? So it even hit the coaching staff a little bit, didn't it? Uh, pink eye for yeah. Steve, uh, tough. And he has uh, Steve has a four-year-old and a two-year-old. <laughs> I'm sure they were very understanding of the pink eye and how contagious it can be. Yeah. So it was best for him to be in the stands and not at home. But got a miraculous yeah, recovery. It was okay and not contagious. It was no. back on the bench. Yes. Time for the game yesterday. All right, have you peeked ahead at all at Charleston? As I think it was Nick who said this is a team that's had a proud program, uh, has a good postseason history. I think they won 24 games yeah. last year. I know they lost a lot from that team, but uh, what's your early peak on, on Charleston? Yeah, very good. You know, they, they non-league last year, they they, uh, they beat VCU, and we actually uh, scheduled the series. We'll go to Charleston next year uh, shortly after that. Uh, but a really good team, great defensively, um, uh, and just ha- they've had good players for a long time. I remember Bobby Kremens was there when they came up and we played um, in a great game at the Robin Center. Uh, but always, always good players and really well coached, really, really good defensively. So it'll be, it'll be a big challenge for us. Um, with an experienced team, do you fear less about a sluggish return after a week off than maybe you would have with a younger team that is taxed with those finals and doesn't quite, you know, understand the whole process? Yeah, definitely. I think that that goes for everything. You know, fear yeah. a lot more with a younger team. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but still, it, it's still something that we're going to have to try to make sure we're in the gym for probably shorter times during finals, but really get a lot done and really get our hearts racing fast. Uh, so that we get as comfortable as possible for the for when the game comes. Five o'clock against Charleston Saturday afternoon at the Robbins Center. It'd be a great addition to the Atlantic Ten. You know, I could start something there a little bit. It'd be a great road trip. Sounds like the music's coming on. Quality now. team, perfect timing. Thank you, Coach. Safe travels this week. Thank you very much. All right. Again, thanks to Nick Sharon and Andre Gustafson, our special player guests, and everybody in attendance. Please take care of your servers. We'll see you back here next Monday night. 5.30 with the next edition of Spider Talk, and we'll see you at the Robin Center for the 5 o'clock tip. Saturday against Charleston. Mitchell, thank you. Matt Joseph, thanks back in the studio. So long, everyone.
You've been listening to the Spider Talk with Coach Chris Mooney, live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center, 10466 Ridgefield Parkway. Tonight's show has been brought to you by CarMax, Virginia Birth Father Registry, Glory Days Grill, and Lux Chevrolet. Join us Monday nights from 5.30 to 6.30 throughout the college basketball season for Spider Talk, a live presentation of the Spider IMG Sports Network and your home of the Spiders, ESPN Richmond. On ESPN Radio and ESPN2. An ESPN Radio Extra Point. With Mike Golick, Trey Wingo, and Mike Golick Jr. We know what's going to be asked about. It's going to be about the training staff. Hell, they're going to ask everybody about this. Did the training staff do something? Do you agree? Did the training staff do something wrong? They're going to go to Odell. They're going to go to Freddie Kitchens. They're going to go back to Baker Mayfield. And they have every right to do so because Baker opened that door. Listen, all the talk about Baker and his talking, I, I don't have a problem with the personality of Baker Mayfield. The three things I did have a problem with are when they involved the team. And that was the Hugh Jackson stuff, when he got another job and he begrudged it because he got another job, but that's the business. Duke Johnson saying, hey, get on the train or get off or get out. And now this. Bring it up because I saw some of the tweets. Well, maybe he's telling the truth. Well, maybe he's right. You know what? I don't care. You don't say that. Hear more from Golik and Wingo tomorrow morning on ESPN Radio. It's time for some straight talk. You know those football players who are all talk, no show? Well, big wireless carriers aren't much different. Well, Straight Talk Wireless doesn't give you the hype, just the savings. For just 45 bucks a month, you'll get the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. No contract. All on the same.